This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 5, Extracurricular Activities. Ooh. And let's start off with some announcements. Our first announcement is that the first bonus episode of Series 4 is coming out on Friday. Friday sometime. Um, yes, you may remember references to the <laughs> Rinville Inventors Symposium uh, where our intrepid adventuring team first met each other and Mr. Jollypot. Uh, so, uh, that's, uh, that's the bonus episode. Bonus episodes in this podcast, for those of you who don't know, are, uh, when we pick a new system to play, uh, we want to play it a bit before we really sit down and do the podcast. And so uh, the bonus episodes are how we uh, do that. But uh, we try to make it kind of like the origin story for the campaign. Uh, so that episode will come out on Friday. We have three bonus episodes for you this series, um, and they'll be coming out. Uh, at semi-equal intervals between now and episode 20. Woohoo! And so that's all we have for announcements. Keep an eye out for some awesome extra content that we've got for you coming right down the pike. And let's bring it right on into Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This uh, Words with the GM is about episode four, A Friendly Face, during which we... uh, arrive in Dayan and then travel towards Felion. Yeah. You guys make it to Felion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dayan was fun. Uh, I always knew Dayan would be kind of a quick stop for you guys because uh, it doesn't make any sense why you would have any problems in Dayan, <laughs> given the fact that you are Farishta royalty and your brother is in the Day Society. Something like that. And uh, I also uh, decided to... Uh, Throw you guys a bone since you're so far behind in the race, and uh, Asheron uh, decided to give you some help and uh, and secure you a vehicle. Yeah, that was super useful. Uh, thanks, GM. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I also immediately took it away once you made it far enough into Tordrian, but yeah, how come you did that, GM? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the that's the funny thing uh, about being a GM. Uh, uh, the GM giveth and the GM taketh away. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's always good as a, a a good trick when you're running a game to not be afraid to give your uh, players powerful items or like very useful help. Um, but you also shouldn't be afraid to take away that item or help uh, before it has a chance to be abused. Just me being like, cool, I gave you a car so you could get this far break it. Yeah. Luckily it did feel like sort of natural. Like once we found out who Boots was and sort of what he did, it didn't feel like I am GM, I take your toys. Um, and it felt more like, okay, this is a thing that he would do to like any car. Like obviously he set this up for like ever. And this is a thing that 
like he does on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, he's a highwayman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was really proud of you guys when you decided to uh, immediately be like, okay, cool, you're our tour guide now. Like, you're our guide through this forest. <laughs> like, that was that was great because I really hoped that you guys did that, but there was no way at all that I could, like, guarantee that that would happen or not. But, like, Boots immediately agreed to it because that is something he would also agree to. He'd be like, all right, yeah, I mean, like, I was just going to rob you because that's what I do, but, like, if you want to also buy me a couple beers, I'll show you around. Like... <laughs> I'm a very reasonable thief. <laughs> um, so I guess my next question is, so you give somebody something awesome. When do you decide to take it away? How do you know when uh, it's too, it's, it's reaching the end of its thing, like before it starts being annoying to you as a GM? You got to kind of anticipate it. And luckily you have that control because you know the thing you're giving them and you can kind of plan like ahead of time, like, okay, well, I don't want them to have this at this plot point. And uh, uh, if we're talking about like the previous series, for instance, like when you had L'Oreal, uh, the, you know, very powerful sorceress, uh, you know, you took her away before the big battle at the end. She got, you know, she, she held them off so we could go and warn the others and then we didn't see her again until we rescued her uh like that was perfect because it gave us enough like enough time to like not have this very powerful ally and have to do stuff on our own for a bit like you know so that the 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 task of taking on the final challenge was actually a challenge so uh you know you gotta you gotta kind of anticipate ahead of time uh like when do you want things to be a challenge and then that's what you have to plan for when you're planning like, all right, cool, that, that gift I gave them, I'm going to remove it. So I think that uh, pretty well wraps up words with the GM. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, except for favorite parts. Uh, yeah. What was your favorite part as the player uh, of episode four? Well, uh, episode four was all about, well, the first half. It was all about me. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, but actually being able, because Talia, I think, and was afraid that Talia would come off as sort of like uh, unlo unlovable, kind of like spoiled brat. Um, and I think, uh, and maybe not, you can tell me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram what you think. Um, <laughs> hashtag hate Talia or hashtag love Talia? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um that uh, there's a lot more to her background and uh, her her cheery disposition is a little uh, shows a little bit more fortitude than than maybe um, <laughs> was first apparent. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, my parents kind of abandoned me because I wasn't born with wings, and I'm a great shame to my birth family. So you know, I'm just making do with this uh, with this adoptive royal family. Like, yeah. She's incredibly optimistic and cheerful for someone who uh, has been real a real victim of uh, the societal structure that she was born into. Uh, yeah, so I I was really happy when we came to Dayan and um, it show it gave a lot of light to her backstory. Um, you know where she came from and and that you know, you can look at her in sort of a different light. Uh, as I've said before, in other words with the GM, I, I love, I love exploring people's backstories. It's my, it's my favorite part. Uh, and, uh, it's always great when a player has a robust backstory for me to draw stuff from. But was it 
your favorite part this episode. Oh, well, my favorite part this episode uh, is kind of intertwined with that a little bit, um, but uh, it was the car ride. Uh, those of you who listened to Series 3, Uncharted Worlds, may recall the mechanic in that system as called cramped quarters, where, uh, you know, when you're traveling a long distance, everyone... Uh, chooses someone and rolls some dice and they see whether they bond with that person, reveal something about themselves to that person, or get bad blood with that person. And uh, that is a mechanic that I think should exist in every game. Uh, (laughs) I just think it's awesome. But um, when I put you guys in that car... And I asked you, like, does anyone do anything, like, for the duration? I basically, you know, was asking uh, you guys as players, like, do you want to do anything here? Do you want to role play at all? Or do you want to fast forward to the next plot point? Being like, cool, you guys get there. Now this happens. Um, And so when I, as the GM, asked you guys, uh, do you want to do it? Like, does anything interesting happen on the road? Do you guys want to do anything on the road? Are you guys, like, just, like, kind of taking turns, whatever? Uh, I loved that uh, you and Dan picked up that thread and decided to like have this, this really nice scene between your two characters where like I, I got to just kind of like sit back behind the screen and just like listen and envision these two characters sitting in the front seat of a car, driving in the middle of night, you know, not really anything around them except for what the headlights are illuminating and like Barnabas snoring in the back seat. <laughs> uh, and the, these two, uh, these two people from completely different worlds, uh, with completely different experiences, uh, like just talking to each other and, you know, making conversation and learning a bit more about each other's like lives. And, uh, and I was really, really glad that that happened. Uh, I, I love, I love interplay between the characters and, uh, that was my favorite part because I didn't have to force it. It just happened and it felt really good. I think you and I have, um, a definite role-playing style of like getting into like getting sort of our claws into the characters and, and like embodying them sort of like the actor's method of role playing. And, uh, I, I love that. Um, I will say, um, that it isn't of course the only way to role play. And while we, we encourage that on our podcast, there are people who are out there who aren't comfortable um, role playing or, or as comfortable, like just like jumping into the, the, their characters like skin. Well, it's, it's always important to understand w- when it comes to role playing, there's no right or wrong way to do it. If everyone's enjoying themselves, right? <laughs> like if, if you're, if you're in your group of friends, don't like the like touchy feely role play, like moments like that. And you just like running up and like, you know, solving puzzles and uh, overcoming like challenges and combat and shit. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just fun. And like <laughs> you are, you are more than right to do that. That, that is how you want to play the game. And that's the important part is it's a game where everyone's having fun telling the type of story that they want to tell. So if everyone's having fun, you're not doing it wrong. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really easy in, in like a culture, like, like, you know, gaming to have people like form clips and be like, your type of fun is wrong. Our type of fun <laughs> is much better than yours. Uh, and, and that's, that's just silly to me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just mostly wanted to point it out that it might not be some people's cup of tea. 
Some people might just want to like sleep in the backseat of the car and snore. Ah, <laughs> I love role playing with Covert. No, Covert's though. great. I'm not. I'm not saying that Covert is. <laughs> <laughs> Covert is. But is... sleeping in the back of the car is a viable option. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. I think that's enough uh, enough chatter for now. Uh, so we should move on in and listen to Series 4, Episode 5, Extracurricular Activity. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets, to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures, and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career. But I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian circuit, where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure. Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. As fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozia and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. I grew up in Paldoris before the hurricane wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoras had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The infernal church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian Circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. 
The last time we left our adventuring crew, they had made it through the first checkpoint in Dayan, getting a ha- their hands on a little buggy um, through possibly illicit means via uh, Talia's brother's connections, and uh, they drove towards the second checkpoint in Tordrium, in the Scholar City of Felion. On the way, they uh, ran into a highway bandit turned tour guide uh, called Boots, who once he realized he couldn't rob these three, uh, agreed to um, agreed to guide them through Tordrian uh, towards Felion, because it turns out Tordrian is actually pretty hard to navigate. They dropped Boots off in outer Felion, um, as they were the only ones uh, with limited access to uh, inner Felion. And on their way uh, through the city gates, they ran into Team Torchinovich, um, the automaton team. Uh, who uh, had some polite conversation with them and voiced a concern that uh, they didn't know how to get through the forests. Uh, You guys just walked into the administration building, and... um uh, the inside is uh, is you know very well decorated, uh, and there's a large um, desk with an Aodin sitting behind it, um, uh, who seems to be the receptionist, and she uh, greets you, and you realize she has a, a radio on, and uh, you guys hear a broadcast. Bravery and explosions. This is Guy Finnegan with the latest updates on this year's great Atroposian circuit. And what an exciting race it's turning out to be. After fearlessly parachuting from hot air balloons in the most elaborate opening ceremony in circuit history, our adventuring teams proved skillful and creative in their scramble to the first checkpoint. As of this broadcast, Team Cornfoot has managed to maintain a significant lead, but not without incident. Reports are coming in that the hastily crafted rocket-propelled packs Team Cornfoot has been using to great effect have finally been pushed beyond their limits. Now, presumably without the time or supplies to reverse these malfunctions, it seems Team Cornfoot must continue the race through more conventional means of travel. This will give the teams who are further behind a fighting chance at catching up. However, it seems none of the adventurers can rely on the International Railway System as a mode of transportation, as this morning brought with it the unexpected explosion of one of the primary rail lines in Tordrian. Suspicion for this attack lies particularly heavily on the dangerous gnome and member of Team Silver, known only as the Gentleman. However, no evidence has been found that explicitly implicates Team Silver. Regardless of the motivations behind the attack, J.P. Steele has halted all railway traffic until further notice. With this dramatic turn of events, we wait with bated breath to see which adventurers will be able to successfully navigate the overgrown pathways of the Tordrian forests, which are known for being treacherous and confusing, causing even the most seasoned explorers to lose their way. If that weren't enough, rumors of the Beast of Felion are still circulating the area, leaving no doubt that our adventurers will have their work cut out for them. Will some lose their way in the winding paths of Tordrian? Will any of them draw the attention of the mysterious and bloodthirsty Beast of Felion? Who will come out ahead? 
History is being made right now, and you can hear it unfold first here, dear friends, with Guy Finnegan on Gilded Monogle International Radio. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the receptionist kind of turns the dial down and uh, greets you and goes, oh, hello, uh, how can I help you? Team Jollypot checking in. Ah, yes, okay, um, the dean is in a meeting right now, but... I'll let him know you've arrived. Um, you can just go down that hallway there. Uh, his office is the door right at the end. Um, you can just wait out there, and he'll invite you in when he's ready. Lovely. Thank you. You guys uh, walk down the hallway. Uh, there's all these portraits of all the previous deans. Uh, and uh, sitting just outside uh, a big double door um, at the end of the hallway is uh, a young satyr woman. Um, with, uh, dyed blue hair and, uh, she's just, uh, kind of sitting there. Uh, she's got like a, you know, a, a book bag with her and she seems to just be waiting and she looks up and she goes, oh, uh, hello. Hello. Oh, are you three with the Atroposian circuit? Why, yes, we are. That's, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, Mila Gardner. Uh, uh, please make your acquaintance. Which team are you with? I've been listening to the radio broadcast when I can. Barnabas Gunsby, Team Jollypot. Oh, and that, that makes you, uh, it's uh, Virtue Nazari, yeah? Yes. Oh, royalty, pleased to meet you. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Quaglin, right? That's me. That's, that's great. Uh, you guys are, uh, are not the first team I've seen come through. It's, it's, uh, it's really exciting time. How long have you been sitting here? Oh, just since the morning. Uh, it's, uh, the dean is a very busy man, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm an alchemy student here, and uh, I'm just trying to petition for some extra hours. Um, it's not something that's really time-sensitive, so uh, you know, he has to, he has to like, meet with the teams and meet with the different professors. Um, he's in there right now with Professor Catchpole, and I do not envy him. Uh, and you guys can hear uh, uh, shouting, actually, starting to break out inside the, uh, uh, inside the dean's office. Oh my! Yeah, uh, Cat, uh, Professor Catchpole's uh, known for his temper. <laughs> it's quite a thing to be known for. Can I hear what what they're uh, yelling about? Yeah, you guys, uh, quiet down. You can hear. It's it's not like you know this room soundproofed or anything. So uh, you can you can hear um, a very very loud voice kind of yelling like. I'm telling you, Dean, if we don't, if we don't go out and, and hunt this beast and collect it for study, some peasant out there is going to kill it and cook it, and we'll never learn what it really is. This is a one-of-a-kind creature, Theophilius. You have to believe me. It needs to be studied. Think of what we could learn. It's probably just a rumor, Catchpole. Please, please, you're, you're overreacting. I am not overreacting! <laughs> Catchpole, Catchpole, I, your concerns have been noted, yes, but uh, I, I do have another team of the Atroposian Circuit. Atroposian Circuit be damned! This, is, this creature needs to be, needs to be collected. Think of, think of the scientific advancements that go, a one-of-a-kind creature, Theophilius, never before seen. I, I understand, and your concerns have been noted, Professor. <laughs> you we will discuss this further later. I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you're, 
and you guys hear uh, uh, loud footsteps approaching you. And uh, the double doors <laughs> open up, and uh, and like a mountain of a man uh, walks through. He's got like really really broad shoulders. Uh, he's a little bit taller than um, uh, Barnabas, almost about your height, uh, Talia. And uh, uh, he's uh, he's bald on top. He's got like um, like wild white hair uh, above his ears. Um, and uh, he's you know wearing a somewhat ill-fitting like. A brown suit that uh, has like a bunch of like uh, dirt on like the legs, and uh, and he's like also wearing large outdoorsy shoes that don't match the suit he's wearing. <laughs> um, and he goes, "Excuse me, the dean will see you now," and uh, and brushes past you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Team Jollypot. Yes, come, come in, come in, come in. Uh, uh, Mila, Mila, of course, I'll be with you as, as soon as possible. Oh, of course, Dean, it's okay. We go in. And, uh, the door shut behind you. Um, the Dean is a gnome, um, with a long white beard, and he's wearing, like, a, a kind of, like, pointed, uh, almost, uh, like, religious-looking hat. Um, and he's wearing, like, uh, matching colorful like uh robes and he's uh his desk is highly elevated uh kind of like ridiculously so um you all have to look up to to see him uh even you talia um and it's this tiny little gnome on the top of this like really really tall desk looking down at you through his uh his spectacles and he goes yes uh, team jolly part here i assume you're you're wanting to meet with the uh with the representative of the Atroposian circuit, yes? Yes, please. All right. Well, let me let me call him in for you. One moment. And uh, he presses a button on his desk, and it's like... And he goes, Hey, Duncan Fed, I have another team for you. And then uh, you hear, Hey, I'll be right on my way. Uh, he's just on the other side of the administrative building. He should be here any second. Mr. Duncan Fed, you said? Yes, yes. Representative of the court elite here to here to check you in and let you know uh, where you stand in the race. Uh, don't mind me. I'm just going to uh, shuffle some of my papers here. <laughs> and he starts he starts sorting his papers and putting them in drawers. Dean, I'm so sorry. We couldn't help but overhear. That seemed like quite a commotion. Um, you and uh, the professor had. Oh yes, Professor Catchball. He's a he's a passionate man to say the least. Unwarranted? Uh, with this particular conversation, I'd say the the professor is misguided in his uh, his beliefs. I overheard a beast of Bellion. Uh, yes, yes, the rumors, of course. Uh, you need not worry. The Beast of Felion is probably just a particularly large wolf out in the forest. Uh, it only attacks people in, uh, in uh, Outer Felion anyways, so it doesn't really concern anybody of uh, import. But uh, the rumor started a few months back. Uh, large creature, larger than anything anyone's ever seen, but no, one's actually have any, uh, no one seems to actually have any first-hand knowledge. Uh, just mangled corpses, as it were. So it's probably just a rogue wolf for something like that, and uh, uh, Catchpole uh, seems to be a little more gullible than I had uh, previously believed. But mangled corpses of your denizens nonetheless, you don't... Oh, no, Outer Felion is not affiliated with Inner Felion. They, they are simply rabble uh, uh, who wish to study in our, uh, in our lustrous uh, halls for uh, 
uh, no price at all, which, of course, we, we cannot provide. Uh, everyone here must pay tuition. So you don't care about them at all, no matter how bright? No, I mean, we, of course, have... Uh, uh, grants uh, available for those that prove themselves, and believe me, none of the people who are living out and out, uh, living in Outer Felion, uh, uh, are worthy of, of the knowledge we can provide them. Oh, I see. Well, how exciting! And then uh, a, a door <laughs> opens up, and in walks uh, in exactly the same outfit that you saw him in before. Uh, Duncan Furter. Uh, he's wearing the coattails. He's got the, the same punts, uh, pencil mustache. Uh, he walks in and uh, he goes, Yes, and uh, uh, what, what team was it I'm uh, checking in? Oh. Team Jollypot. Team Jollypot, Mr. Duncan Furter. Pleasure to see you again. Oh, um, we've never met, uh, though it is a pleasure to meet you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have me confused with the day in Duncan Furter. No, 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 no. He's Duncan Furter. I'm Duncan Furter. What? Of course. Now, Team Jollypot checking in. Let's see here. I assume you'd like to know the uh, the standings of the race as they were? Yes, please. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, in first place, of course, is Team Cornfoot. In second place, Team Silver. In third place, Team Towley. In fourth place, Team Nightingale. And then Team Cups, Team Basington, Team Adams, Team Holmes, Team Ardlin, Team Torchinovich, just before you. And then in 11th place, Team Jollypot, writing that down now. And finally, Team Fiddleworth has yet to check in. Do you have any further questions for me? Wait, so... Yes? You're Duncanfurter. Yes. Uh, who was in Dan? Duncanfurter. But you're Duncanfurter? Yes, I'm Duncanfurter. No, 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 Mr. Quaglin, you're confused. This is Duncanfurter. I am we confused. Or <laughs> Mr. Duncan. It's an easy mistake to make. If you have nothing else you need from me, uh, Dean, let me know if Team Fiddleworth checks in. Yes, of course, Duncan Furter. Always ready to serve the core delete. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out. <laughs> I suppose we'll go back. Yes, I, unfortunately, um, I cannot uh, provide you any hospitality here within the walls of Felion. Uh, as I mentioned before, anyone who resides here uh, must pay tuition or be here on the express invitation of, of one of the, uh, uh, the students or the staff. Um, so, unfortunately... Oh, hold on one moment. He uh, presses the button. Yes, what is it? Uh, Dean Thatchery, it's uh, Professor Moreau in for you. Uh, she's coming up now. She says it's urgent. Hey, right, right. Well, then just send her chunk, and the door opens up. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, Judith, I haven't had time to uh, to conclude my previous meeting. And she, uh, uh, this uh, this tall woman walks in. Uh, she seems rather fit, uh, and she's wearing a brown bowler cap, a brown uh, uh, a brown like plain skirt, um, and uh, uh, matching a uh, blazer and tie. Um, and, uh, she, she's actually, uh, you know, pretty, pretty attractive, um, though she's probably in her 
like late forties, early fifties, um, brown hair pulled back, um, in like a braid that kind of like goes around the bottom back half of her, uh, bowler cap. And, um, she stops and goes, Oh, um, Hello, I'm, I'm sorry, Dean. I just, uh, I couldn't wait. I needed to have these papers verified uh, before my, uh, my class that's coming up. He goes, yes, I understand. Uh, and he uh, reaches uh, under his desk and pulls out like a very long, like grabby hand thing <laughs> and uh, reaches out to her and, uh, and it like extends out and she puts the papers in it. It clamps down and it, extend, it pulls back to where he is and he, he, he grabs it and uh, he starts looking at him and he goes, uh, uh, Team Jollypot, uh, y- y- you can uh, see yourselves out, I assume. You know, the, you know where the gate is? Of course. Thank you. Um, and, uh, uh, Professor Moreau goes, oh, Team Jollypot, you're with the Atroposian circuit. Yes. Yes, we are. Ah, you know, I, I, uh, love, um, hearing the, uh, tales of adventurers whenever they're willing to share them. Uh, and I, I assume, uh, it's, it's, you know, going to be getting dark soon. You probably don't want to, you know... Uh, eat out in uh, Outer Felion. Uh, the food there can be a little questionable. So uh, how about I invite the three of you over to uh, my residence for dinner? Um, I, I, can't, uh, I can't have you uh, stay there for the evening, but at least I can give you a hearty meal uh, in exchange for uh, your, the tales of, uh, of your, your journey so far. I haven't been able to catch any of the other uh, team members yet. Um, as soon as she says hearty meal, I say yes. <laughs> that would be lovely, Professor Moreau. Thank you. Excellent. Um, I'm just going to finish up with the dean here. If you wait outside, I can escort you to my premises. Of course. And uh, I go outside. We all go outside. The doors uh, close behind you guys. Mila is still sitting there, just kind of like twiddling her thumbs, waiting. Mila, how long do you expect to wait here? Oh, not not too much longer, I assume. Uh, like I said, the dean is a very busy man, and I understand. Uh, and and you know, a simple request for extra hours can uh, can be uh, put on hold for for other people. Um, I mean, you know, you you guys are on a bit of a time crunch. I understand. This is very true. <laughs> um, would you like us to see if we can't get you through those doors quicker? I, I mean, unless another professor comes barging through with the need to talk to the dean, I think, I think uh, when, when uh, Professor Moreau is uh, finished, uh, I, should, I should be able to uh, get my request seen. Actually, I don't expect she'll be in there very long. Uh, she's invited us over. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, uh, professor Moreau is, is a very, very kind professor. I had uh, a brief uh, uh, time in one of her classes. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really, you know, Bioflux is just something I dabble in. Alchemy is, is, more, is more my passion. Um, Hensa, and he shakes, she shakes like the request papers. Hensa, you know, the extra hours. <laughs> well, good luck to you then. Yeah. And she just kind of sits there. You guys kind of stand there awkwardly with her. Some blue hair, huh? Yeah. Well, you all stand there awkwardly. I stand there majestically. <laughs> how uh, how is your uh, your trip into Tordrian? Um, it can get pretty hairy out there. Uh, we were actually lucky enough to uh, find a guide, so it wasn't uh, a labor really at all. Oh well, that's that's good. The uh, the the wildlife out there can be a little crazy. We have heard that there's um you know the the rumors of the beast, which obviously just 
you know, scary stories. Right. Yeah, that. You know, I I kind of had an encounter with the beast. <laughs> oh. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Most people do just think they're s- stories, but I, it was, I didn't see it. Um, but uh, I was out. Um, outside of the city limits uh, trying to collect uh, ingredients uh, for a tonic I was working on and um, well I heard it and uh, uh, it sounded very big, very scary and it was growling and I kind of panicked and and jumped into the bushes I was uh, was, you know working on and kind of just tucked my head down and and tried to hold my breath and uh, I heard it come nearby me and um it seemed like it felt like it was smelling me like i could feel like its breath like pulling on me and well it left so uh i guess it wasn't hungry <laughs> um or maybe it was something to do with what i was you know the chemicals i had on me i don't know i just it was it was scary and it left a big paw print and i ran back as fast as i could that does sound Quite terrifying, you poor dear. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, I'm still alive. Well, you know, it doesn't kill you, right? I suppose. <laughs> the the doors open and Professor Moreau uh, comes out and uh, she goes, Excellent, I just need to drop this off with one of my aides and, uh, and then uh, we can uh, head in uh, uh, for a nice meal uh, before you three have to retire uh, to whatever hole in the wall you can find an outer felion worth staying in. And she smiles, and then you hear uh, from the office, eh, uh, Miss Gardner, I, I can see you now. And um, uh, Amelia goes, ah, uh, excellent, Dean. Um, so here's the thing. I've been wanting a few more hours. Yes, of course. And the, <laughs> and the doors uh, close behind her. <laughs> All right, right this way. Now I follow the lady with the food. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, uh, her... Her home doesn't seem to be very far from the administrative building. She does, like, take a quick detour to, like, a really, really large, elegant, um, like, hall. Uh, and um, an aide, like, runs out and uh, and uh, Professor Moreau is like, I know it's last minute, but I finally got it, uh, finally got it verified. So you can, uh, you can take those in and, uh, and have at it. And she goes, oh, good. They, they almost filled up all the seats and uh, goes running back inside. And she goes, all right, uh, right this way. Um, and uh, she leads you down, like, uh, another street uh, to her home, which is, like, uh, similar to the rest of Felion. It's very, like, gothic in its uh, aesthetic. It's, uh, you know, got, like, the steepling. It's a very, like, you know, dark gray, black uh, rooftop, um, large, almost, like, mansion-sized home uh, that she leads you to. And you guys walk up the stairs um, and... uh, as you do, like, uh, a servant opens up the doors for you guys, and you walk in, and the inside, it's almost, it almost feels like you guys, like, have entered a castle. Uh, there's, like, gas-burning torches lining up, uh, lighting up the, the hallways. Um, there's all sorts of very, like, old, uh, rustic um, artwork and, like, um, like, you know, old swords and, like, old guns, like, uh, lining the walls, a couple suits of armor. Um, and you guys, uh, she leads you into the, uh, great hall. 
Uh, that's what she calls it. It's not like a great hall that would actually be like, and it's like it's not like you know a giant feast with tons and tons of tables. Uh, it is one rather large dinner table that can seems like it can sit like twelve people, but uh, uh, like the the hall itself is not like super super large beyond you know large enough to house a table that can seat twelve and have enough room to walk around it. There is like a fireplace off to the side and right there's again all of the walls of this like stone facade uh interior um have the gas lit torches and like you know large paintings and stuff um and uh uh this room in particular has tons of taxidermied animal heads um on busts uh lining a bunch of the walls and uh there's a very very large the largest painting you've seen in this place yet uh is right above the fireplace um and it has a a young man wearing a, a tricorn hat and like a brown uh trench coat um and uh he has um a very very large impressive like pistol with a scope on it um in his hand um and he's like uh, his other hand is like grasping the lapel of his trench coat and he's got one uh, leg up on a dead um, lion and there's a, another dead lion behind uh, behind him slightly like, you know, showing on his other side. Um, both of them shot dead uh, and he's got a really, really long brown braid that's like blowing in the wind. Um and uh, she she gestures to the table and goes, uh, have a seat wherever you'd like. Um, I'm just going to uh, step out for uh, a moment. Um, and uh, my servants should be in momentarily uh, with some food. And I'll, I'll be, rejoin you. And uh, she exits the hall. This is weird. <laughs> Everyone has their own tastes. I'm rather fond of this. See? Look at this collection. <laughs> You're making my point. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I don't follow. It's it's stunning, really. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> Shall we? Uh so you guys uh sit down. Um and I like looking around talking to Talia and Barnabas, just kinda see them. So they're just kinda pompous all over, huh? Here. Well, we've been to Day in, which seems like they could export pomposity. They still have a surplus. Oh, I don't think about that. Okay. And here, where? This is a professor's house. That is a good point. Also, they don't seem to care about people who don't fit their criteria. That's just sad. Right, like Dayan. No, they care about everyone. Okay. Sure. (laughs) And the servants walk in. They start, like, placing the table. Um, there's only two of them, it seems. You see them, like, coming in and out, in and out. Uh, and, um, they, you know, set some wine. They pour you guys some wine, uh, red or white, whichever you like. I make sure to thank the servants so Zeke notices that everyone in Dayan is very kind to those underneath. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, you know, are polite. They are politely accepting of your thanks. Uh, <laughs> And um, uh, pour you whatever wine you like. Uh, they start placing the table. Um, there's a turkey. Uh, I just pulled a turkey closer to me. Oh, um, so that's uh, it's, uh, to share. You guys don't have another? No, we only made one. 
Okay, and I take a leg and push the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, they they line the table with all sorts of other things, uh, like a potato dish, a bunch of different vegetables, uh, um, uh, some you know great gravy and mashed potatoes, just you know whole bunch of food. Um, and, uh, once they're done setting, uh, they kind of bow to you all and walk out. Um, and, uh, shortly after that, uh, Professor Moreau, uh, rejoins you. Um, and she's like, she's done away with her, uh, you know, t- uh, very, very tight, um, you know, rigid looking, uh, you know, blazer and, uh, skirt. And she's now just wearing like a gown, nothing like super medieval, but kind of influenced by like, by that a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, uh, she comes in and, uh, sits at the, uh, the head of the table, uh, says, how's everything look? Delicious. You won't find a meal like this out in Outer Felion. And, uh, she, you know, grabs some stuff and starts putting it on her plate. Um, and so, and, uh, says, so, um, tell me, uh, tell me about your travels so far. Uh, have you, have you three worked together before or? Well, you could put it that way. You see our grand journey began several weeks ago dot 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 <laughs> so you haven't i mean that's when the, almost when the actual prosian circuit started so you haven't worked before then together we all met at the rinville inventor symposium where we were attacked by the carnival oh you were at that symposium Oh, yeah, I, I heard about the attack. Uh, very, very daring. Um, uh, uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And she basically, uh, like, for lack of a better word, pumps you guys for, <laughs> for like, stories uh, about, like, what you've done together, what you've done, like, you know, apart from, uh, apart from the Atroposian circuit together. Um, and, uh, yeah, she seems just, you know, very interested in what you guys have to say. You know, she says she doesn't get out much. Does she have any of my books? Uh, no. no 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 academic tomes only in this house well i assure you they're we don't we don't we don't read fiction i um like briefly look up from my food when she says that i'm just it's nonfiction. and go back to eating she doesn't seem to hear you uh but yeah uh she she's talking with you guys uh basically you have opening to talk to her about anything you want uh for the duration of this meal um she seems game for conversation uh, is there anything you guys in particular are uh interested in talking to her about or yeah unless she specifically asks me a question i am eating continuously okay so on occasion as like as you guys are all like you know telling her like a story about like, you know, this is what happened in, in Dalvosia. And, uh, and she like goes, Oh, and every once in a while she tries to engage you, Zeke to be like, and, and well, what was that like for you, Zeke? And you're like, mm. yeah, it was okay. <laughs> she, and she just goes, Oh, okay then. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, uh, soon realizes that you're more interested in the food than conversation. And, uh, and then, um, we were lucky enough to find a guide Um, and that guide was able to lead us here without much of an incident, but it sounds like there's a high risk because of all the rumors and whatnot about the, uh, the beast, which I didn't really put any stock in until, um, we heard that professor, what was his name again? Do you remember Ezekiel? Catchpole. Right. Um, uh, Professor Catchpole was very adamant that not only did it exist, but it posed a true threat to those in Outer Felion, including those who go out there um, 
Uh, what was her name again? Mila. Mila. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the, the beast. Well, I mean, all of Tordrian is uh, the the uncivilized loca- uh, locales are uh, known for their uh, wildlife. You're lucky to have found a guide, honestly, someone who knows the uh, territory and how to uh, notice the signs of uh, of the wildlife before the wildlife notices you. Uh, that's a very important aspect of survival out there in the woods. Um, that's why we primarily uh, use the uh, the railway system for transit or uh, occasionally air taxis. Um, not many people travel on the ground in Tordrian. Uh, you're going to have your work cut out for you um, uh, now that the railways are shut down. Um, Do you spend much time outside of the city? No, I, I, I don't, unfortunately. Because oh, it sounds like you're speaking of first-hand experience, but I suppose that you could know people who would do that, like Mila. Mila goes out there. Uh, oh, well, yeah, students will occasionally go out, especially uh, um, Miss Gardner. Uh, she was waiting outside the dean's office, yes? Yeah, I, re- I recognized her. Um, uh, she She's uh, an alchemy major, I believe, but... Uh, uh, that that would make sense that she would occasionally travel outside of the of the of the city. Um, it I mean, like I said, Tordrian is just dangerous in general. Whether there's a beast or there isn't a beast, uh, it could just be you know uh, some large nor like a, a particularly large bear or something. Um, regardless, uh, uh, I just think it's it's in your best interest to try and. Uh, pass through with, uh, without any trace, if possible. Try not to engage with the wildlife. It uh, uh, seems like it's the safer bet for you. Hopefully your guide will be able to uh, uh, skirt around uh, any, any creatures that might be out for blood. I do hope so. He seems eccentric and grumpy, but um, quite capable. Well, uh, that, that's good. Um, uh, and uh, uh, in your reference to first-hand knowledge, I don't... Um, Myself uh, get out very much, though my my son Hector, and she gestures to the very large painting, and then from that very large painting, kind of like passes her hand over, like gesturing at all of the taxidermied animal hands, uh, is a very accomplished hunter, uh, and he himself says that the wildlife in Tordrian is uh, some of the most vicious he's uh, he's gone toe to toe with, um, and uh, I trust his judgment. Oh, so is he out there now looking for the giant bear or wolf or... Oh, the beast of Felion? No, 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 no. Uh, he, he, uh, he's been gone for some time now. Um, uh, he often goes to western Evangles, uh or uh, southwestern Evangles to hunt uh, lions or, or uh, you know, the large uh, uh, predator animals that uh, reside there. Um, he had his fill of Tordrian uh, uh, growing up, I think. He's quite handsome. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, wish I could say he got that from his father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for shame. You. <laughs> she, she grins and chuckles and uh, uh, takes a sip of her wine. Um, anything else uh, you guys are... Uh, uh, no, I think that's all we have for her. Uh of course, if she wants to ask about Gerald, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. She asks you guys all about yourselves and keeps you there, not like super late, but pretty late. Uh, well past like meal time. And Zeke, every time the table's cleared, I assume you ask the servants to bring you like a second helping of something. And they, <laughs> um, As long as they are 
willing to bring out food, I continue eating. Yeah. And they do. They like, they keep on being like, okay, we're finally going to clear the plate and uh, clear like the table. And basically at, at, at some point it just becomes Zeke is the only one still eating and everyone else is just having polite after dinner conversation. <laughs> um, I have moved on to dessert. <laughs> Uh, at a certain point, she's like, well, it's, it's getting on in hours, uh, and you all seem rather tired, and you probably have a, a big day ahead of you trying to uh, catch up in the race. Um, here, uh, let me have one of my servants escort you uh, to the city limits. Thank you for this wonderful evening, Professor Moreau. Of course. I'll have to uh, uh, treat myself to one of your, one of your novels. It's less a novel, more a journal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Non nonfiction, right? <laughs> Things I did, and she winks at Talia. <laughs> they are quite good. You should. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, a, and an older uh, an older gentleman, one of the servants, uh, escorts you three. I um I hold up the third of a pie that is left. Can I take this? Of course. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> and I eat it as we walk out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, uh, and one of the, the older gentleman servant um, leads you guys to the gates, um, which open up without much hubbub, and uh, now you're out in Outer Felion at night. Uh, I suppose we'll head back to the inn so we can get an early start in the morning. Sure. Uh, so you guys uh, walk in. Uh, it is a different seder. Um, behind the bar this time around. And uh, he goes, eh, where can I get you? Hello. Um, we were wondering if there was um, any rooms available, perhaps perhaps for trade? Right. Well, wish I could say that you know, trade isn't really common in Outer Felion, but honestly, everyone's trying to save up to get into the, uh, into the city. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I often will uh, allow rooms for trade. Um, what kind of services can you provide? Well, I'm happy to lend um, Gerald my Woo-hoo. automaton. Woo. Uh, he's just right over there, taking up that giant space. Yes, I can't miss him. <laughs> he's, he's very good at lifting and carrying. I suppose chopping he could even do. If you needed any wood chopped or something quaint like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm about to actually have to move a shipment of kegs Uh down into the cellar. Uh, I could definitely use him for that. I could get you guys a room for that. Absolutely. Gerald, would you help this man carry kegs Woo-woo. for Woo-woo. a while? Woo-woo. Excellent. Don't strain yourself. Be careful going down the stairs. Woo-woo. Okay. Lift with your legs, lad. And so he goes, all right, um, well, uh, here you go. And he gives you guys some keys. Uh, and he goes, uh, tavern's uh, going to be... Closing up here soon. Uh, not much. Uh, not much late night fare. Um, but uh, I'll send. It's it's called Gerald. Gerald. I'll send Gerald up to your room when I'm done with it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Come on, big guy. Boom, boom. Like kind of like taps him on the uh, on the chest, and Gerald goes woo woo, and uh, they walk around out back. All right, what do you guys do? Uh, I suppose I'll go up to my room. Sure. You guys walk up the stairs. It's just one hallway. There's seems there's five rooms, um, and uh, I want everyone to roll cunning to notice for me. 
17. Okay. Uh, tier 2 for Zeke. Okay. Uh, tier 3. Tier 3? Yes. Okay. Zeke and Barnabas, uh, as you guys are walking, you notice that one of the doors is uh, ajar. And uh, you just kind of like glance at it and notice. Um, it's actually the, the room that's next to the room you guys are heading to. Um, Talia, your, your gaze lingers just a little bit longer on it to notice that the handle of the door is smashed in. It just isn't there. It's like a, the hole where the handle would be. That's odd. Would you look at that? Looks like someone broke in. Should we check to see if someone's all right? That's not our room, is it? No. Ours is the next one. I push the door open. Uh, as you guys push the door open, uh, you are met with a scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, the bed is overturned and smashed in half. Um, there's a blood splatter on the ground. Um, not like a giant blood splatter that would be like, you know, someone dead was laying there more like someone received a wound that sprayed a little bit of blood, (laughs) um, uh, on the ground. Um, there's big dents in the wall. Uh, and, um, you also see a similar dents, uh, like a couple in the, um, in the ground as well. And one in the ceiling. Can I? Uh, just like when I worked with the Evanglesian Constabulary. <laughs> it appears to have been a struggle. <laughs> um, may I look around to try and figure out who was in this room and perhaps what happened to them? Sure. Uh, roll notice for anyone who's investigating so. this. Roll some cunning for me. Tier two for me. Um, I am half investigating and half finishing a pie. I got a tier one. Okay. <laughs> tier three. Barnabas. Uh, Talia, you're looking around. Um, you notice uh, a couple broken arrow shafts that um, seem to match the ones that Boots had. Um, so I remember because they were sticking in my car. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, you see the same signs of a scuffle. Uh, you notice that these dents that are in the walls and the floor and one in the ceiling, uh, you notice that these are spherical looking dents. Like, uh, they're like a all globe, sort of, what's that? Like a globe or like a, like a crystal ball or something. Yeah. Well, like they're, they're about like 12 to 14 inches in diameter. Um, but it, like, they're all like, they all have the same dent that is like, looks like, yeah, I guess you could say like a globe, you know, indention, like, mm. all around. And um, and Barnabas, you're uh, looking around. You open up a closet, and you uh, you get a start as you hear, like, beep! And, uh, and a rat, Boots's rat, jumps into your face. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Rat friend. To me. <laughs> 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 and uh, it, it scurries down uh, uh, through uh, Barnabas's shirt, out the bottom of his shirt. And uh, uh, up Uh. your leg, Zeke, and uh, burrows into your scarf. Right, friend. What happened here? This isn't helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose that formalizes my theory that this is Boots' room, or was. Uh, I suppose we should go find him, um, as he is our guide. Are there any, like, tracks or anything leading out, or what's going on? 
Uh, it seems like the only traces of what happened here are in the uh, the obvious signs of a struggle. There's not like you know bloody footprints leading out anywhere or anything like that. Um, at this point, you guys hear uh, uh, off in the distance um, through uh, the cracked window uh, a l- loud scream, uh, a woman scream, uh, followed by a gunshot, and then a very lo- loud like. <laughs> like crumbling crushing sound followed by another gunshot and a man shouting like Ugh! the beast <laughs> <laughs> is the window open uh it's cracked i'm gonna hop out the window slide down the wall and uh make a rolling landing and start heading that way <laughs> all right uh roll dexterity for me well it's it's a total of 10 but the die result was a one. Ah! <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Barnabas uh, hears that and he goes, the beast! And he uh, he throws open the window and dramatically jumps out of the, uh, uh, the window, um, but his foot catches uh, the windowsill. And instead of, like, sliding down, like, the little, like, awning there and rolling into the ground like he might have done in his younger years. Uh, he instead goes headfirst, tearing through the awning. Um, and uh, Barnabas... Bugger! Uh, you're going to... I need you to roll brute for me. That's a five. All right, uh, Barnabas, you, uh, you suffer a... Um, not so much a sprained arm, but your arm like gets like scraped up and like kind of like you jam it, the wrist in awkwardly when you hit the ground, and uh, you will have a, a minus two to any roll using your right hand. Ouch! You hear that echo up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Gunsby? Are you all right? I float out. I'm already taking off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, uh, uh, Talia, turns on her uh, her wings and just goes, and like glides down to the ground. Um, I look at Rat Friend, and I will figure out why the robots wanted to kill your buddy later. I guess. Eep. I'm gonna take the stairs if that's okay with you. Eep. And I take the stairs. <laughs> All right, uh, Barnabas, you're running down the street. Uh, Talia, you're following or? Looking expectantly out the window, waiting to see if I have to catch Mr. Quang. Oh, you're looking at the window. (laughs) Yes, I'm looking at the window. Uh, Yeah, you're watching the window for a second. Like, is he coming? I come around the alley and see her staring up at the window. And what are you doing? Waiting to see if you jumped out. I'm glad you didn't. Well done. (laughs) Um, He's getting pretty far away. I know. Uh, yeah, uh, you can see Barnabas running, uh, and actually, you see other forms uh, in the uh, in the street. Uh, seems to be people darting into their houses, uh, and you hear like people yelling, "Like it's the beast! The beast! The beast attacked the Jefferson's house! The beast attacked the Jefferson's house!" Uh, and uh, Barnabas, you hear this too as people are darting past you into uh, into their homes and locking their their windows and doors and hiding. As they as they're running by, I'm trying to I'm trying to get someone's attention and have them tell me where they've seen the beast. All right, you bump into you bump into one of the guys who's shouting, and he's like, "Oh, hey, sir, sir, you must get inside. The beast is afoot." Yes, I'm I'm trying to find where the beast is. Can you tell me? What? Why would you? 
Whatever, I need to get inside the Jefferson's house. It's because down on the end of the corner. Barnabas Gunsby, that's why. Okay, sure. That's down this way. <laughs> and he points uh, at the house at the end of the street, like on the corner. Um, uh, like right on the right on the outskirts of of Outer Felion. Uh, and then he ducks under your arm and uh, and dashes into his home. I start making my way towards it. Okay. Once, and once I start getting closer to there, I'm going to start being real sneaky. All right. Um, go ahead and just roll a sneaking test for me. Um, Talia and Zeke, you catch up with uh, Barnabas. He's, uh, he's started approaching this house cautiously. Um, like I said, this is right on the outskirts of uh, Outer Felion. Basically, uh, uh, right at the end of it, like the backyard of this house is like the forest. Mr. Gunsby, uh, did, you, did you see it? I'm gonna I'm gonna continue investigating. All right, what'd you roll on your sneaking? And uh, now that you uh, two have arrived, Talia and Zeke, you can roll sneaking as well. Thirteen. Uh, that's a tier two for Zeke. Tier two for me as well. All right, cool. You guys kind of like all drop down as a team and start approaching this house. Um, when you uh, get up to it, uh, are you uh, trying the door? Are you looking through the windows? Are you going around back? What, what, what's what's everyone? How's everyone approaching the house? The beast would not use doors or <laughs> windows, so neither will Barnabas. And I'm going to I'm going to sneak around the house and try to look for any sort of tracks or anything that the beast might have left behind. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll notice for me as you go around the side of the house towards the back. Uh, Talia, Zeke, what's your angle of approach here? I use the door. Okay, it's open. <laughs> <laughs> um, I shall follow Mr. Quaglin as this is my first time taking on a monster. Okay, um... Uh, without rolling notice or anything, Talia and Zeke, you guys walk in. It's a very small, uh, uh, home. You actually walk into like, uh, directly into like a living room, which has like a big open, like, uh, open wall that leads into the kitchen and, uh, the kitchen, um, the back wall of the kitchen would be facing, uh, the back of the house, but it's caved in. Um, and there's just a big gaping hole, uh, leading out into the wild, um, and there's, uh, blood splattered inside the kitchen. Um, it's a pretty big mess. Um, and, uh, you guys can roll notice, uh, to see what else you notice. Um, and Barnabas, what'd you get? Tier two. So Barnabas, you, uh, you come around the corner, you see this, this giant, uh, crushed in hole, uh, and you see your two companions standing in the kitchen there. Um, you see the blood splatter in the kitchen as well, and just just around the corner from that gaping hole uh, is uh, a mangled corpse. I will have a look at the corpse um, and look around it as well to see uh, any tracks where the beast might have taken off. Sure. Um, Zeke and Talia, what did you guys get on your notice? Yeah, tier two. Tier three. Okay. Um both of you guys see that the uh, inside of this kitchen is clawed up with like ge- like gate or deep gashes, um, and uh, the blood splatter in the kitchen seems to lead to the uh, to the gentleman that uh, Barnabas is approaching, the mangled corpse that's just outside this hole. And uh, Barnabas, you get there and you you know you see this this guy as like 
big gashes, like uh, like large, larger than anything you've seen from like uh, an animal attack, like digging into his body, uh, killing him. Um, and uh, he's holding a uh, a pistol in hand. Uh, and um, there's you were looking for tracks also, so you uh, you see um, like very easily noticeable like um deep gashes in the ground from like a large creature like running and like kicking up like the the uh the earth as it does um leading towards the woods uh talia you kneel down next to this fallen man and you like grab the gun that he has um and it's it's you know it's warm you can feel that it's uh, been fired recently and you pop open the uh uh, the chamber uh, of the revolver, and you notice that it has fired a single shot. Uh, Mr. Gunsby, um, here, and I hand him the pistol. Um, it it seems that there's only been one shot fired from this gun. I I thought I heard two. Yes, I thought I heard two as well. Uh. Following a couple yards uh, into, like, the clearing between this house and the actual tree line, um, uh, you see that there is a overturned uh, basket, uh, like a little wicker basket in the middle of, like, the yard um, with uh, some, like, uh, berries scattered um, on the ground. Uh, and nearby that basket is, uh, uh, a, like, a, another, like, not pool of blood, but kind of a lot of blood. <laughs> um, can I see anything looking out into the forest? Roll notice. That's a five. No, you can't see anything. You see a forest. It's dark. You see very far into it. I, I got 21 to look into the forest. Uh, yeah, you find a new set of tracks leading from this uh, location. It seems like the the, like deep gashing running gate of the creature uh, stopped around where this wicker basket is. And, uh, and then um, you actually see that like the, the blood trail continues uh, like uh, kind of like drips of blood uh, continues into the forest. Uh, probably a trail that you could follow. Oh no. All right. <laughs> no need for the consabulary or, Professionals. They don't have a constabulary here. They might, or a town watch, or... No? All right. They've just been getting eaten by an animal for, like, a couple weeks. Months, actually. And they don't have a constabulary. (laughs) 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 Right, well, sounds like an exciting adventure. Uh, Sure. Let's go, Mr. Quaglin. Is there any, like, food in the kitchen that looks like it might go bad? (laughs) You wander back into the kitchen. It doesn't seem like these guys, they have like canned Mr. stuff. Mr. Quaglin. All right. I just, <laughs> I didn't want it to go to waste. <laughs> uh, and you guys hurry to catch up with Barnabas, who is uh, well into the forest at this point. Oh, and uh, as we're chugging along, I tell Talia, um, I'm pretty sure the robots kidnap boots. Wait, what? Right, because the, the dome dents. <gasps> The, oh, the, the murder um, robot with the, her graviton bomb. Yeah, Gina. Fucking Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Language, Mr. Crack. <laughs> and you guys catch up with Barnabas. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, so the trail goes on for a little bit. Very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
Barnabas shushes you, and you all start sneaking through the woods. Everyone go ahead and roll sneaking for me. See how quietly you can navigate these woods. I can navigate the woods with the skill of 17. Okay. So you got a tier two? I also got a 17. Uh I did not get a 17, but I did get a tier two. All right. So all of you with tier two, sneaking through the forest, being nice and sneaky. Uh, and, uh, Barnabas leading the way, uh, having found this trail Barnabas, as you get a little bit deeper into the forest, you find some like actual, like, you know, dirt patches where you can see, uh, a clear paw print or two from this creature. It's huge. Uh, it's hard for you to say exactly what it looks like. Cause it's like the size of like a very large bear or a lion or something like that, like the size of this paw. Um, but it looks almost reptilian. Uh, and it's, uh, in like the way, like the, uh, the digits are shaped, um, like a blend between like maybe feline and reptilian, hard to say. Um, and, uh, you follow, like, uh, you see the, the tracks from the creature and the blood drops from whatever was bleeding. And, uh, they lead you quite a ways into the forest. It takes a little while. Um, and, uh, it's, it's very, very late now. You guys uh, eventually uh, are led to a thin, almost uh, almost discreet, uh, uh, not so thin that like you guys would have to squeeze to get through, um, but you know, s- like the way it's inset uh, makes it so that like from certain angles it's hard to see because it's not just a giant open cave mouth. Um, so is that, uh, that's where the tracks end? Uh, so what you see, uh, with Barnabas is tier three, um, or everyone, everyone go ahead and roll another notice now that you guys have made it to another leg of this trail. Tier two for me. It's very dark. All right. So (laughs) what about you, Barnabas? Tier two. You guys, uh, are looking around, you see the blood trail go in. Uh, with the paw prints, and you also see what might be uh, paw prints leading out, but no blood trail. So it seems, Mr. Gunsby, that the beast has gone that way, but maybe he left um, whomever he took in this cave. I, I could I could help us l- look into there if we want, or we could go after after the we could go after the beast. I think it's more important right now to make sure whoever the beast took is taken care of. All right. Later. I begin to glow. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, Talia says, all right. And then like closes her eyes for a second and breathes in like a, a nice long breath. And as she does, uh, as her lungs fill and her chest, like kind of like expands, uh, you see a faint glow in the center, like right around her heart. And then she, uh, holds her breath for a second. That glow just intensifies just slightly kind of lighting up her entire chest. And then she lets out a breath long and like, and as she does that light bursts all around, uh, her body, um, creating this kind of like this radiant aura around her. That's a little bit brighter just behind her head, uh, creating kind of like a halo uh, around her, uh, around her head. And, uh, yeah, now you guys can see for like, uh, you know, 10, 15 feet as if, uh, uh as if there was a f- an omnidirectional flashlight. 
And I walk into the cave. I've seen this before. We're going to need to get some iodine. Talia, you don't have long to live. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a... Oh, God. We'll discuss it later. (laughs) So uh, you guys enter the the cave mouth, uh, aided by Talia's natural uh, glow. Um... Uh, you are able to see into it. Um, it's not super deep. It actually just kind of opens up into like a somewhat open area. And uh, uh, I need everyone to roll notice for me. Just a normal tier two. Tier one. Tier one. Okay. Uh, Talia and uh, Zeke, you see a bit of a blood pool in the center of this like kind of rocky cave area. Uh, it seems like that's where the body was laid. Maybe a date. But there's nobody. And um, uh, Barnabas, you are looking at the blood pool, and you actually um, notice that uh, there's a slight trickle, a a couple drops of blood that extend beyond the uh, blood pool, leading you to one of the cave walls, and then just stopping there at the cave wall. Odd. And I touch the wall. Okay. It feels like a stone wall when you touch it. I knock on the wall. It... Sounds like it might be hollow. It definitely sounds, being a gnome, it's easy for you to tell the difference between something that sounds natural and unnatural. And it definitely doesn't sound like solid rock. I push. You, uh, you kind of lean in and push, and the, uh, uh, the wall goes, and like uh, pushes in slightly, and then goes, and uh, shoots up. Um, revealing that it was a hidden door on some sort of hydraulic, it seemed like, that shot up as soon as you pushed it in. Uh, And um, there's a uh, very, very dimly lit uh, metal hallway before you guys. Oh, well, this just got more complicated. How tall is the hallway? Uh, Tall enough for Talia to walk through without ducking her head. Right, but like, say an elf walked through... (laughs) You'd <laughs> be a little cramped, but not, like, impossible. All right. I get real big. <laughs> uh, so uh, standing on this uh, natural uh, stone cave, um, uh, Zeke's feet begin to glow with this kind of, like, green energy, uh, and that kind of creeps up, uh, like, uh, in, like underneath his skin inside uh, his legs and uh, kind of like covers his whole body. And uh, as it like extends to his different limbs, his limbs start getting bigger. And uh, uh, very quickly he grows to his elf-like size, um, uh, towering a little bit over you, Talia. Uh, large, muscular, broad shoulders. Uh, his long red scarf, now a uh, almost neckerchief. <laughs> <laughs> I shall never get used to that. All right. This is where all the calories go. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) So now with your uh, giant-sized gnome and your glowing farishta. (laughs) Well, if it's dimly lit, then I won't actually go. Okay, okay. You uh, breathe in, and as you do, uh, the light recenters on your chest, and you let out an exhale and the light fades out of your chest and Talia is no longer glowing. I pull out my Luma torch. It is dim. Uh, it's, you guys can only see about 10 feet in front of you. Head in apparently. Okay. So yes. Talia takes the lead or if she would like, otherwise Barnabas will lead the way. 
By all means, Mr. Gunsby. <laughs> What'd you guys get? I got a tier one. Tier two? Tier two. Uh, so you guys are continuing to sneak. Uh, <laughs> I hit my head on several lamps. Yeah, on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> on occasion, uh, uh, Zeke seems uh, uh, to realize his, his larger form is a little unwieldy. Uh, in it's this, very cramped. Yeah, <laughs> in this uh, tunnel, obviously not made for someone the size of an elf. Uh, and uh, you guys actually walk for a while. This is kind of a winding tunnel that goes for a bit. Um, on occasion, you do see like an occasional blood drop here and there. Um, seems still relatively fl- fresh. Um, and eventually, you uh, you find a dead end uh, with a large uh, uh, door. It seems with a. Um, a, like handle on the left side that, uh, yeah, uh, a large metal door with a, uh, handle on the left side. Is there no window in? No, no, okay. it is solid. I suppose I shall open the door. Oh wait, Mr. Gunsby's in front. Mr. Gunsby, I would you like to open, open the, the door? door. <laughs> um, Barnabas, you grab that handle and it tilts, uh, about like 45 degrees. And when it does, you hear like a loud, like ka-chunk and the door slides, uh, to the right. Uh, and you guys, your eyes that have adjusted to this dim light are kind of assaulted, uh, by the brighter light of the room you're looking into. Uh, it is a room, uh, with clean, sterile looking tiles, um, three, uh, three stretchers, um, laid out, um, a couple desks with a whole bunch of different stuff like, you know, books, papers, scrolls, bottles with weird colored liquids in them, all sorts of stuff. And um, there's also across from you guys, directly across from you guys, on the opposite wall, there's kind of a, a like two and a half by two and a half uh, square cutout in the wall with this weird uh, contraption uh, like uh, bracketed over it. Um, uh that's like kind of like coming like and um to your uh right the wall that's to your guys's right uh there's a uh, a staircase uh leading up um and on one of the stretchers uh you see a woman with a pretty mangled arm and a bleeding leg all right i'll go over to her and see if i can't stop the bleeding Sure. Uh, she's bleeding uh, from her obviously mauled arm uh, and also uh, her uh, leg, which seems to have a bullet wound in it. Um, oh. Oh. Um, I uh, think we found shot number two. Or one, and it just... Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so I guess a tourniquet around her arm and then potentially around her leg as well. Okay. Uh, roll science for me Ooh. to try and patch her up a bit. Science? Yeah. I'm good at that. <laughs> a tier two. Okay, yeah, you managed to stop the bleeding. Uh, she's very unconscious, looks very pale. She's obviously lost a lot of blood. Right. Um, but, uh, she is... very delicate. <laughs> she is breathing still. Good. Um, and, uh, you managed to stop the bleeding. I did check if she was alive first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what do you guys do? I look around this lab for, like, a journal or something. Roll a notice for me. Roll some cunning. Anyone else doing anything? If she's stable, I suppose, glancing at the 
if there's like blackboard or like there is actually ne- nearby that uh, that contraption uh, there's uh, there's a, a blackboard with um, with a bunch of like equations and stuff written on it you can definitely roll science to try to see <laughs> if you can tell again. what those are so uh, what about you uh, Barnabas what are you doing <laughs> so after making sure the woman's okay nothing scientific in here really interests me ever what about that little Whole thingy in the wall. What, what was that machine that was humming? Uh, you can definitely roll science to try and discern its functions. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Um, what did uh, you get to notice, um, Zeke? I got a tier two. Okay. Uh, and what did you get for your science, Talia? An eight, unfortunately. So tier one and uh, Barnabas? Seven. It's an air conditioning unit. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, Talia, this, uh, you are a mechanic. You are not an actual scientist. <laughs> self-taught. That's uh, not really my real... You're an engineer, not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're, you're, you're looking at these equations, and you can tell that they're equations that are supposed to be something, but you don't... Like, you know a work in progress when you see one, and that's about all you are able to glean from this. It's not finished yet. Um, and uh, Barnabas, you're looking at this machine that's kind of, like, humming slightly. Um, it uh, seems to have, like, uh, some kind of, um, uh, like, liquid inside it. Um, you can kind of see through, like, uh, one part of it is, uh, is like, um, a bubbling liquid. Uh, and there's also a, um, a long... Uh, a couple long uh, tubes that go down this, uh, so that two and a half square hole uh, just makes a long two and a half square uh, shaft that goes um, uh, further than you can see. Um, and uh, that's where the tubes from this humming machine seem to go. Um, Zeke, uh, you do. Um, you don't like find like a journal journal, right? Um, but you like you find some papers. Uh, you can try and roll science to like discern exactly what like some of it makes sense and some of it might not. So you'd have to roll science. I hand them to Talia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a journal or, uh, or a stack of papers, oh. really? Oh, n- notes. Okay. These seem. I'm sure here. they're important. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. I will roll science. Ro- roll science. <laughs> Uh, tier two. Okay. Um, again, it's not really your super field of study. Maths. Um, but, uh, you, you do like this plus what you saw on like the blackboard, like you see some of the same equations, but you see them in context, uh, in these notes. Um, and it seems, uh, it's definitely bioflux. Uh, you, you, you gather that much. Um, and, uh, there's like a couple things that aren't very like scientifically written out. It's like, you know, um, you know, growth factor too, uh, too quick, um, uh, address decay rate, question mark, uh, stuff like that. Um, that seems to go with some of these, uh, some of these equations. Um, and like, it seems like, uh, it's a what you saw in the um on the blackboard as a work in progress you see in these notes as like throwing a bunch of solutions at a problem that can't be fixed yet all right so um, they're not getting very far in their studies okay and is there any indication where those tubes go the bubbling tubes is it like you can access the the bubbler 
Uh, yeah, there does seem to be like uh, a place where you can inject more fluid into this uh, into this machine that Barnabas is looking at. Yeah. And the tubes go into the wall? The tubes go down this open uh, shaft uh, that's two and a half feet square. Can I fit in there? No. All right. Um, I mean, you could, but it'd be like, it'd you be know, very it'd be elbows to ribs, like shuffling. Okay. I thought so. It's very small. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. I, well, I'll, I'll stow the notes and anything else that looks sort of important towards research, because this is very odd that a giant monster's bringing people here. Um, and then uh, I shall say, um, I think we should, this woman needs real medical attention. I think maybe if we take these notes to Dr. Moreau, because they're bioflux, then perhaps she can tell us what's going on. Um, but I think we should Mr. Quaglin, could you lift lift her so so we can take her? Is is she stable enough for that? Uh, hard for you to say. You're not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, well, is the stretcher like a, an actual stretcher, or is it more like a gurney? Uh, it, it's like a gurney, actually. It does have wheels. I have a question. Yeah. Do I have any sense of where we are after traveling underground for so long? I do have the topographer specialty. Okay, I'll let you roll cunning. <laughs> doesn't actually do that. Doesn't do that, but it will. Uh, but your your connection with nature might allow you to be able to navigate. Six. Okay. No, the the most you know is like the trail you guys followed mm -hmm. um, outside in the forest definitely wrapped around Felion, like and like a and like a one eighty degree arc. Uh, so like you, you start on one side of Felion and then you, you ended on the other side of Felion when you went in that cave, you don't know where the path in the, uh, in the metal tunnel really led you to, it was too winding for you to really follow. Mm -hmm. But I would say it did, it did seem to be heading towards like actual Felion. I think we're underneath Felion. <laughs> <laughs> um, well then I, I think we should take her up top because then that that's the closest medical facility right so um i guess i'll pop up and and uh as you guys are starting to to like think this through and you're like about to get in position to move this woman you hear uh uh as a door is shut echoing down the stairs is there any place to hide the a couple of the gurneys have like all the gurneys have um Call them. Coverings um, uh, that you could maybe hide underneath one. Um, there's a wardrobe, it seems like, uh, that someone could hide in. There's the tunnel that you guys went in or came in from. Uh, and then there is that two foot, two and a half foot hole if someone wanted to squeeze in there. <laughs> um, I shall attempt to hide under a gurney. Okay. Okay. Uh, Barnabas and Zeke, what are you guys doing? You said there was a wardrobe? Yeah. <laughs> Are you hiding in the closet? <laughs> Can I fit in the wardrobe? No. <laughs> Not in your current state. <laughs> Barnabas, uh, is, uh, Barnabas, you open it up. It, it does have some uh, clothes hanging. It has uh, a couple, uh, like, long coats um, and, uh, like, some, like, traveling boots and stuff. Um, but you're you're able to kind of like squeeze in there and like shut it with just a crack for you to peek out of. 
Uh, then I guess I hide up real close against the stairs and hope no one sees me coming down them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, can I draw my sword before I hide? Yeah, okay. sure. All right, everyone roll sneaking. Uh, Zeke, I'm going to give you a minus two. Because <laughs> you're very big. 14 for tier two. Tier three. Fuck your minus two. <laughs> I got a 28. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's two tier threes. I am one with nature. <laughs> <laughs> you all very quietly get into your position. Uh, Zeke, you run up because you're like looking around like, oh, where am I going to fit? And uh, and you decide like the best thing for you to do is to try and put yourself adjacent to the uh, stairwell. But there's a, there's a table in the way that like, you know, if you like tried to scrunch yourself in between the table and like the stairs, like your elbow would be peeking around. So you grab the the large desk with a bunch of like ominous looking uh, like potions and stuff on it. And you just like pick it up just like a quarter inch off the ground and slide it off to the side and set it down <laughs> to give yourself just enough room for your large form to like actually fit. Uh, and you do so extremely quietly. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Barnabas, you, uh, you kind of like, Jump into the wardrobe and uh, and close it just a crack. Um, and uh, you guys, uh, you hear the footsteps unimpeded as they're heading down the stairs. Just uh, uh, boots clapping on the uh, the ceramic um, tiled uh, staircase. And um, Zeke, you don't really have a line of sight up the stairs. Neither do you, Barnabas, because you're off in the corner in a wardrobe. So Talia peeking out from underneath the. Uh, uh, the draping of this gurney you're under, um, you start to see some boots, Western Evan Glessian style boots, uh, with spurs, um, walking down, uh, the stairs, um, and some worn, uh, trousers followed by like a belt with a, with a large scoped pistol, uh, I've strapped to this person's this hip. Pistol before. Uh, and, uh, there's a, also a very long brown coat and um, as the person comes fully into view, uh, you see uh, Hector Moreau, um, almost dressed exactly like he was in that painting, uh, uh, a little bit, just like slightly older, like maybe a couple years older. Um, he's still got that long brown braid. He's wearing a tricorn hat. He has, uh, he has, uh, you know, the same brown trench coat. Um, the like the clothes he's wearing underneath the trench coat aren't so much like, you know, safari man clothes. They're just like, you know, normal, like, you know, button up and, uh, uh, trousers. Um, but you do notice that, uh, one of his arms, his, his left arm, uh, the sleeve of his left arm is pinned up as he does not have his left arm. Uh, and, um, he, uh, he, uh, walks back down and um, he passes by Zeke because uh, he doesn't look to his uh, his left as he's uh, as he's entering the room. He doesn't seem to be suspicious at all, uh, and he just he just walks up. Uh, I heroically grab him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Can I do so heroically? Yes. <laughs> That's a tier two on heroics. Okay. Uh, that gives you a plus two to your um, accuracy as you try to grab him. Bad. I got eight. Okay. Uh, so um, 
you're sitting there, you're like arms pressed up against your chest. You see Hector Moreau walk in, uh, Barnabas. You also see Hector Moreau one armed, uh, walk in, walk right by, uh, giant Zeke without noticing. Um, and, uh, as he's approaching the, uh, the woman on the gurney, uh, Zeke reaches out his giant muscular arms and, uh, uh, like steps forward to grab him and his step goes like, Justin makes just enough noise as he's like about to snatch this guy that he instinctually like ducks and turns and reaches for his gun and, and, uh, and, uh, Zeke just barely misses him. Uh, I need everyone to roll priority for me. I got an 11. I got a 12. I got a 15. All right. Um, Hector uh, ducks down underneath you, uh, Zeke, uh, and just like sees you and like grits his teeth as he draws his very fine pistol and uh, shoots at you. I need you to roll evade. I got a 14. All right. You are hit, sir. Um, I need you to now roll defense. Uh, I got a 19. Uh, okay. So you, um, take 10 hit point damage, uh, as, uh, as his bullet, um, grazes past your, uh, scarf, um, and you hear, uh, rat friend go (laughs) and rat friend and and he scurries down like the back of your shirt (laughs) and, uh, Talia, you're up. All right. So does he look like he's going to make a dash for it? Uh, he looks like he's thinking about it. <laughs> so is, is Zeke in the way of him going up the stairs? Um, yes. Yes. There is the, the open tunnel, though. I shall move to block that and hold my sword out. And, and I'll yell out, we're not here to hurt you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zeke, it's your turn. I'm going to grab him. Okay. Roll accuracy. 13. Uh, this guy seems very, very live as you, uh, as you kind of like stumble away from the gunshot, um, and you try and like snatch at his coat and he like twists his body in a way that whips the coat away from you. Uh, and he steps back a little bit, getting ready to line up another shot. I punch him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Quit it. <laughs> Six. You try to grab at him. He twists out of the way. Steps back. Strides, lining up another shot. You try to swat his uh, his hand away, and he kind of like drops down almost to one knee to kind of avoid your your uh, your punch. And uh, he is currently unscathed. Uh, Barnabas, you're up. So Barnabas sees this all happening from the inside of his closet, <laughs> and he bursts out, rolling to a knee. And he fires a warning shot. But in order to make sure I do not harm him, I'm going to take aim first. Okay. So I get plus two to my accuracy. Okay. 17. You uh, you fire the, the warning shot, uh, Barnabas, um, knocking off Hector's tricorn hat. Uh, and he like stumbles back bumping into uh uh bumping into like one of the gurneys like kind of pulling it out of the way and sees that uh he's outnumbered 
uh, sees you and like Talia. He like finally like really pays attention to her. And, uh, and like Zeke, like sitting there, like giant, like panting, uh, and you with your big ass gun, like and he, and he like, he doesn't like he, when he stumbled, he didn't like really aim his gun outwards. And he looks like his like guns, like half raised, half not like he's a little unsure what to do. Uh, and I will make him skip his turn. Uh, what are you doing, Talia? I shall actually put my sword away and take out my matches and the journal and I should like to scratch the the match and light it and hold it under the journal. The notes? Yeah. The the pack of notes, not journal. <laughs> <laughs> and and say I'd recommend you not fight anymore as I'm happy to burn all your research. I hope you have copies. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll cunning. Okay. It's a 13. You um you say that he sits there, he grits his teeth, he drops his gun and raises his one arm. <laughs> he goes, who the hell are you three? Team Jollypot. <laughs> what? I am Barnabas Gunsby of Team Jollypot. We are here in the Atroposian circuit. However, we saw the Beast of Felion attack, and I tracked it back here. So, the real question is, who are you, and why are you in the Beast's Lair? Barnabas, this is Hector Moreau. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so you already know who I am. Yeah, we saw the real big painting, and you have kind of a uniform. <laughs> I must admit, that's quite an impressive collection of, uh, of game you've taken. <laughs> Doesn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I have quite the collection myself. He looks... He's like, uh, okay. What, <laughs> what, what are the three of you doing in my laboratory? This is where the beast brought, it looks like, your next, next test subject. I indicate to the woman there with my elbow. And he goes, no, I, I, I found this woman. I was going to save her. You found her? Yes. Where? Through, through uh, my hunting tunnel. And he points at the tunnel. And he's like, I heard an, a commotion down there. And, uh, and I, I found her body there in the cave. You said the Beast of Felion did this? So your hunting tunnel leads to the Beast of Felion's lair and you never noticed? Well, that's not a, that, that's not a lair. It's just an empty cave. I would have noticed if the beast was staying right, there. <laughs> You're bad at lying. <laughs> <laughs> also, on top of that, well done, Mr. Quaglin. <laughs> um, you didn't seem in much of a rush as she was bleeding out. And just, we, we've been down here for quite some time. Would you like to tell us the truth? Perhaps try again. <laughs> we haven't got... All day, but we have a little while. We do have someone else to rescue later. <laughs> We're pretty booked, so if you could pick up the pace on your explanation. He, Thank you, Mr. <laughs> he grits his teeth and he goes, you know, my mother tried to save you a lot. From what? From the beast. Uh, when, when, she, when she had you over for dinner, she was protecting you. I'm not your enemy. My, my mother saved your lives. That would be nice if you had proof. That's just a nice thing to say. And 
considering that you just lied to us about not knowing the beast at all, would you like to try a third time? <laughs> what are you doing down here? If you, uh, if you had drank the water in Outer Felion, the beast would have uh, come for you as well. So you're lucky that my mother uh, uh, extended you a kindness and made sure you, uh, you only dined uh, in Inner Felion. So you're poisoning the water here? Not poisoning it. All right, spicing it up for the beast. <laughs> Adding some nice herbs or whatever. If you kill them with a giant animal, while not technically poison, it's more or less the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you going to do then, huh? You're going you're gonna to take me in? Yeah. I think perhaps getting you and your mother expelled. Or maybe you guys have, uh, have framed us. You've brought... I don't know yes. where this woman came from. We broke into your mansion in the walled city of Felion that no one is allowed in, and we brought this woman here with animal attack marks and then forged all these notes and your weird machine where you're putting stuff into the water and did all that. And Bill We got here like four hours ago. <laughs> we can corroborate that. You can listen to the radio. You're really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> he sits there for a second and then tries to run past Talia. <laughs> I shoot him in the leg. All right. Roll accuracy. Seven. No. I shoot him in the leg. Sorry. Nine. All right. Roll accuracy, Barnabas. The pistol gets stuck in my holster. And what'd you roll? One. Okay. Yeah. Your pistol gets stuck in your holster. <laughs> uh, you, you like drop down your rifle, Barnabas. You try to reach for your pistol, but it's like stuck in the holster. And in that moment, Zeke, you draw your, uh, your en enlarged uh, uh, wooden pistol and you, uh, you uh, fire at him and you hit him in the leg and he, uh, he drops down at Talia's feet. Nice shot, Mr. Quaggolin. I suppose I shall drop my knee on him. And does his pants have belt loops? <laughs> yes. All right, I shall take some handcuffs and handcuff him to his back belt. <laughs> <laughs> you handcuff his one arm to You handcuff him to his pants? <laughs> 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 yeah, you do that. Uh, he falls down, uh, uh, like, on his, uh, on his stomach, and then you drop down, putting your knee on the back of his head, and you hang... No, in between his shoulder blades, I'm not an evil person. All right, in between his shoulder blades, and you uh, snap a handcuff onto his one arm and uh, go to his belt loop and snap the other side of the cuff, so now his hand is stuck attached to his pants. <laughs> All the way behind. <laughs> uh, and he's struggling and shouting profanities. All right, I suppose... Um, I Language, su Mr. Moreau. And uh, that's where we'll end today's session. Bollocks. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming. All rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.